This is Iron Sports 95.9, 106.9. We're honored to have Michael Ivarone, uh, a famous horse owner on the show. Uh, Michael's been known to have uh, the owner of uh, Big Brown, who was one of the greatest horses anyone has ever seen and, and just missed winning the Triple Crown, uh, not winning the Belmont, and also a, a horse, Benny the Bull. So, Michael, thanks so much for coming on Iron Sports. Oh, great. Thanks for having me. So... We're talking about the whole Kentucky Derby and Medina Spirit and Bob Baffert. And what was your impressions in terms of when you saw the race and saw how Medina won and ran someone, an unheralded type horse, uh, was able to pull off this upset to win? What was your feeling like right after the race? It was feeling like I was watching the replay from the year before. It's <laughs> the same kind of thing. It's, uh, I mean, this horse was a $1,000 yearling and probably Baffert's sixth or seventh string. I, you know, he had a lot of injuries. He had a horse called Life is Good that I thought was by far the best of the class. So I wasn't even sure if he was going to run this horse. And then he puts him on the lead. They go fast fractions, and he gets challenged by everybody and just keeps going and going and going. Like, it's every year, it seems like. it's. It seems a little hard to believe at some point, right? Right, right, right. And I mean, I guess you're talking about Authentic the year before in terms of, of his win. Uh you know, it's been, he's had now 30 horses uh, been disqualified for drugs for just four this year, which is, you know, you know an alt- and a record of certainly for, for, for owners and some of your trainers of horses. Um, in the industry, I mean, what have people been thinking about what, how Baffert has continued to have these victories after victories in the seventh Kentucky Derby win, et cetera? Well, for people inside the industry, it's obvious. So he wins yearly about 35%. So that means every three horses he puts on the track, he wins a race. And to be a really good trainer and to be amongst the elite, if you win at 20% or more, you're a superstar. 35% is at another level, and he's just not winning with you know everyday horses. He's winning the biggest races there are. And yes, he has good blood stock, but for a long time, people were suspicious of him. And over the last two years, it's just been blatant. He's just been put in everybody's face. And, you know, he had five positive medications this year alone. And finally, uh, you know, he's moved into the big time with, with the violations. You know, one thing is to, to commit a violation in a race where the horse world is watching. Now he committed a violation when the entire world is watching. And now he's got a problem. And the, the drug that he was accused of using, this beta-masami, um, which was double the limit. It, I was surprised because they said it was... It, it, you, there was no, like, it was a drug they were easily going to catch. So, like, it was one of those things where uh, maybe, it, you know, it was some undetectable drug. It was like they would catch it unless there was some sort of masking agent involved in it. What, what was the use of that drug? And you were explaining before in terms of how that drug helps horses just to run well. Okay, well, first off, there's a misunderstanding out in the general public. They were saying that it is a legal drug uh, to a certain amount of picograms, which is 10 picograms. That rule was changed last year. There's absolutely no traces of, of this drug allowed at all inside the racehorse. So the withdrawal period on this medication is 14 days. It, one picogram would have been too much, would have been a violation. 20 picograms is two times higher than the allowable amount that they used to allow in past years. So it was a significant violation two years ago. It's now a ridiculous violation because it's not even allowed to be administered. And what the medication does... It's, a, it's like a cortisone shot, and it basically is for the sole purpose of uh, cushioning the joints. And the risk of that is, as we know, when you take a cortisone shot, what's the risk? The risk is you're not feeling the joint. 
So you're doing more damage because you can't feel it. And when you are dealing with horses running at 40 miles an hour on small little legs that weigh 1,200 pounds, that becomes suicidal. And it's now reached the point where, you know, he, he is thrown out the rule book. And I feel like the disregard for the animal themselves now is, is the priority and the, the resource needs to be protected from this guy. So it's different. What he was doing was it's not like what Lance Armstrong was using when in Tour de France making his heart so he's not getting tired that way. This is actually you just won't feel pain, so you keep running like that. Right. So, so Armstrong was getting involved in EPO and things that slowed down the buildup of lactic acid in the muscles. This has nothing to do with that. This is purely where when the horse starts feeling distressed in his joints, he's basically running on anesthesia in those joints. And that's very, very different. One thing is, you know, is to deal with breathing issues. Another thing is to start dealing with the joints. Because when horses break down, it's usually catastrophic to them. It's a fatal breakdown. So how a trainer can have this kind of blood stock and use the type of medications that he's been caught using has crossed over uh, from cheating to inhumane, in my eyes. I mean, one thing Bafford was, he's been on a lot of interviews today. And, and I mean, the excuses are just, you know, going out and saying, I think one where he said one of his trainers might have cut his hand and then the horse, he put, was treating his hand and the horse licked the hand and some of those things. I mean, what are the chances of that, that story being even possible? Well, the best one I heard today was uh, he had another positive for something. When we talk about now we're moving into the bronchodilation side of it. He had a horse that tested positive for a legal bronchodilator. So that illegal dilator in traces can be found in cough syrup. So the story he spun on this one was his groom had COVID, was taking cough syrup. He peed in the stall where the horse was, and then the horse ate the hay in which the, horse, the, the groom peed on, and that is what created this inside the horse's system, which is like, <clears throat> I don't know where he came up with that one, but that's right out of bubblegum. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know the mention about the just the horse justify uh, a, f- a few years ago 2018 uh was just came back later and was found in the santa anita derby to, to actually be over the limit but they but they chose not to disqualify because justify was already in the middle of the triple crown and they wouldn't go back and, and disqualify justify right so the california horse racing board uh dropped that case only because it was doing more damage to racing than it was good in their eyes. So they stood behind the fact that he tested positive for two different types of medications that are banned. By the time that these medications had to come forth, uh, the big question was why didn't the California racing board bring it forward sooner than after the horse ran in the Derby? And it's a great question because it should be only a couple of weeks for this medication to come back. The separation between the Santa Anita Derby and the Kentucky Derby was a month. The horse won the Kentucky Derby. This information didn't get public until after the horse already won the Triple Crown. So the irony of it all is if the horse would have tested positive and been disqualified from the Santa Anita Derby, he would not have had the eligible points to even run in the Kentucky Derby. So essentially they would have to erase the record books. And I guess racing decided, like it always does, to sweep it under the rug, it'll go away. And that's what they did. The problem with that is it's like the serial killer. You know, you, you keep murdering people and getting away with it. You keep pushing the envelope, pushing the envelope. And they allowed him to do this because 17 violations is just despicable. So Medina Spirit gets, they, they get the, via, the uh, drug test back. 
it's uh, it's found to be drugs in the system. And now they're saying they're testing a second, the second, the A sample and the B sample. Um, how right. long does it take to get this B sample? What's the timing? And, and, and Medina Spirit's <laughs> scheduled to run in the Preakness on Saturday. Right. So the B sample will never be back in time. And the irony of it all is we're in 2021, right? We could send, we could send uh, you know, things to Mars and fly helicopters around Mars, and you can't tell me that we can't get a split sample back faster than that. That's just ridiculous to me, but that's what they say. Um, as far as that, he's, if they accept his entry, which is still a big if, I haven't seen anything yet in either direction, if they accept his entry, um, that split sample will not be back before the race. Um, I'm, I have heard that Baffert's lawyer says that if they do not accept the entry, that he will file an action in, in court to, to try to force them to get a stay so he can run in the race. So that will be a, a legal mess. Um, I don't know how that's going to turn out, but uh, it's, it's going to be good to watch. So if they disqualify Medina from the Kentucky Derby, then Mandalo would then become the winner. But Mandalo is not scheduled to run in the Preakness, so there would be no Triple Crown. So is there a way that Mandalo could now decide if it's declared the winner? Could it start? Could it run in the how? How could Mandalo run in the Preakness on Saturday when it's not entered in the race yet? My expectations are he probably won't because they probably backed off of him a little bit after the race. So they probably took him out of heavy training for a few days just to get his feet under. So he's not going to go. Um, you know, they pushed the, the entries back to tomorrow, maybe in the hopes to try to induce the trainer. But I don't see it. And, and the facts are, I'm not even sure at this point that a triple crown under this structure is, is in the best interest of racing. It sounds strange, but I'm not sure it really is. And um, my guess is Cox won't enter the horse. Um, Baffert will enter, too. He'll get to run. He'll probably win this thing. Um, you know, I mean, it's just it's the same old story. But his other horse, you said, is, is Concert Tour, which is the one that he felt would, would, like he was almost planning to run Concert Tour in this in the first place to win the race, not thinking that Medina Spirit. I mean, I noticed when I watched the race, when Medina Spirit won, it was sort of like he wasn't jumping up and down like you'd expect. I just won the Kentucky Derby. Now, he's always won seven. Maybe it's whatever. But the point is, it's sort of like I didn't expect to win. I'm a little surprised, and I don't know if I really wanted to win this race. Well, doesn't it make you scratch your head a little bit when Baffert says that <clears throat> Concert Tour is his better horse, but he's not going to run that horse in the Derby. He's going to wait for the Preakness. It just makes you wonder why. It doesn't make sense to me as an owner. Um, who has experienced that there's a huge difference between winning the Kentucky Derby and winning the Preakness. The Preakness is amazing, but it's, it's apples and oranges. So was there a reason why Concert Tour was not entered in the Derby? You know, it's, it's a viable question. We'll never get the answer, but it's interesting to me. Um, he never considered Medina Spirit better than the Concert Tour at any point. And then I guess the question, I mean, one of the other comments he, when he's making excuses, I heard him today, it's like, well, I'm Bob Baffert. I've won so many races. Why would I even cheat? Why would I, you know, risk my legacy for, for cheating it on a, this biggest stage? It doesn't make any sense. It has to be something else because there's no reason for me to cheat. Well, it goes back to why did Mark McGuire cheat? Why did uh, Sammy Sosa? They were all millionaires. They all had legacies. Um, <clears throat> and they kept trying to raise the bar and raise the bar. Baffert's already in the Hall of Fame. In my eyes, he shouldn't be. I, I, I just I believe now that you, you have to look at his entire body of work, you know, with cross eyes. I, I, I don't believe it. And the more that I listen to him talk, 
and the more that I hear the excuses he makes, the more as a horse owner who competes against him, I'm disturbed because effectively he's hard to beat when you're trying to do things the right way. And I have a lot of horses that run against him in California and most of the time we're going to lose. And now I have to wonder is, you know, do I want to run in, in races that I know I'm running against him? And then I hear his excuses and I don't believe any of them. They're ridiculous. Do you think other owners are going to now take a stand? I mean, is this something that he's maybe stepped out the line so much that other owners now are going to push back and say, wait a second, this can't keep going on. You can't keep, he can't be cheating and winning. Um, and we're not going it's to, it's not fair anymore. I think it's way past other owners. I think it's the culture. If you look at what's going on right now and just surveil social media, even in the mildest surveillance, you're going to see that he doesn't have anybody that's in his corner right now. Nobody. Wow, that's great. Well, Michael, I, I know it's been busy. I, I had to jump on this call. I really appreciate it. Um, this is Michael Iverone, uh famous horse owner, owner, of course, Big Brown. And I tell the story all the time that I, I, my uh, cousin from Louisville flew in the morning <laughs> thinking that I was going to win in the Belmont saying it's the best horse. I mean, he's someone who's watched horses. He goes, it's, and he still to this day says it's the best horse I've ever seen run in a race. So, uh, but again, uh, thank you so much for coming on Iron Sports and, and just giving an insight to this uh, to this, I would say mess, really. That would be the, the term I would use. Yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, have a good day and thanks again for coming on.